Hello there. Welcome to Coffee, Books and Everything Else. I'm Surajar and today I'm joined by Aman Varnekar and Aditya Desai. Hi Aman. Hi Desai. Hello. What's up, Dom? So, uh, many of you have met Aman from our previous podcast. If you have listened to it, if you haven't, then you should. I highly recommend you listen to uh, 1984. It's probably the one before this, unless I decide to put something else after that. And Aditya um, Desai. So he's uh, he's been a really good friend. We've been in the same school since what first grade. When did you join? Uh, baby uh, nursery, but okay. Okay, but yeah, we've been in the same school since first grade. Then, so uh, we really know each other, and uh, yeah, we hope to give you really good insights today on the Thank book. Thank you. Okay, so first I'll start off with a question. Um, how 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 many of you like coffee? Ah, uh, debatable. No, like, do do you like coffee or? No, actually, I answered this last time. I like the taste, but I can't have much. Yeah, After, I'm not really. Banana coffee incident? No. Banana coffee. What's banana coffee? There was about. no milk at home, so I uh, mixed coffee with banana and uh, ate the oh, mixed milk. Oh, just <laughs> study for disgusting. And uh, I took a toe for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Either ways, uh, I I'm a coffee head, and I love black coffee. So the one I'm drinking right now is a Vienna roast, and it's a dark roast. which means that uh, it has a really high caffeine content because it's been roasted for a really long extended period of time and yeah it's uh, the thing uh, in the last episode in 1984 i was drinking a medium roast coffee as i told you guys but uh, this time it's a darker roast which means uh, you won't get the subtle undertones of cocoa and uh, flowers which were which grow around the area Uh, for example, that was from Billigiri Hills, and uh, this is from Chikmagalur. So, start start a podcast and a book that is anti-communist by talking about how capitalist you are. Good one, though. <laughs> It makes sense. Come on. Okay, then, sure. Uh, let's jump right into it then. Okay, all right then. Yeah, uh, uh, but but one one coffee fact for the day. Um, Chikmagalur is actually one of seven districts in Karnataka which uh, grow coffee, but the roasting happens uh, for all companies happens in only one plant, right? So once there was this incident where uh, a bunch of uh, jasmine flowers, a wild variety of jasmine flowers, was left uh, was growing around that area. So all the coffee that got produced that part of the in that part of the year. Tasted exactly like I uh, had subtle undertones of uh, jasmine, and everybody was confused. So, uh, and then that became this huge scandal, and people could actually sue companies for this, and they had to pay out a lot of money. So, hashtag yeah. jasmine gate. <laughs> nice. What does jasmine taste like, though? Ah, uh, it tastes bitter, dude. I have jasmine tea. I don't like it. Oh, yeah. It's uh, anyway. Anyway, let's uh, let's get to the book then. So, we'll, <laughs> so we're gonna start with the teas, uh, and you guys can add. So, Animal Farm is basically a cautionary tale 
by George Orwell. Actually, more than a cautionary tale, it's written in the aftermath of the victory of capitalism over communism, largely after the Second World War. He wrote this in the year 1946. And uh, interestingly, he, uh, he wrote Animal Farm in 1946 and 1984 in the year 1949. He published it in the year 1949. So those four years turned out to be the defining moments of his life. And then after that, he died in 1950. So uh, that's... Uh, I, think, I think that's brilliant. But uh, I think more of a cautionary tale, it's rather a critique of what he was seeing because we know he was a democratic socialist and he wanted to achieve a socialistic means using fair and democratic methods. He was critical of the Russian revolution. So I think, right. I think he drew upon his experiences and because of which he hated communism and not exactly communism, the Stalinist mode of commun- uh, communism. So I think this book shouldn't be primarily viewed in terms of, uh, you know, uh, being a, a tale for future or something you're going to be afraid of what might happen in the future. It's rather a critique of what was happening in Europe at the moment, because it not only talks about communism, it talks about the fascism that had recently been eradicated. And yeah, I think it's just more of a critique of his times. And I I also think it can apply to the future because he has drawn these observations from, um, by observing history for until until when he wrote this, right? And he talks about how uh, there's there's always a revolution and then uh, the old order is again with the object of uh, displacing the old order, but that's again established eventually and the whole cycle of revolution, which I think is relevant even today and will be relevant in the future in some way, shape, or form. That's, I think we've jumped into the meaning of the book without even going over the story first. Dude. Like the, the basic story. Uh, Okay. I think uh, I, I, the historical roots of what made a book possible and why the book was written in order to actually understand the motives that a book seeks to convey. So I think it'd be wise having an introduction of who he was, why he wrote it, what context inspired him to criticize Stalin, and then, you know, get into uh, what exactly the book means. What is sure, sure. Said, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the only thing, the, uh, we shouldn't give the readers uh, too many spoilers as such with the content of the story. But yeah, go on. Desa, can you just briefly explain how it starts, the Butch itself, and then go into what the story means? Right, so that, I mean, the Butch is animal farm. Somebody who hasn't read it, they're like, why are these people talking about communism? I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I think there was a, there was a, little, yeah. uh, there was a little fun incident a while back where this actress said children should read animal farm. And that caused quite a few yeah, yeah, yeah. the media and stuff. I mean... So I think I think Animal Farm uh, seeks to explain the complex conditions that were taking place in the author's lifetime in Europe within a very simple story. Like it's it's written extremely simple. It uses simple language, small words, no big ideas expressed. So I think you it gives you the typical impression of like a rural farm, and you start with a you start with a farmer who is alcoholic, who's despotic, who who treats his animals bad. And I think the animals at this point take decisions. They realize what's happening. And that's how the story like moves out. And yeah. Do you have anything to add? Aman? Oh, yeah. yeah. At, the, at that point, the animals uh, plan a revolution against the human who runs the farm. And based on this ideology called animalism, where all animals are equal. Uh, and basically, they try to gain control of the farm and how that leads to actually further oppression. Uh, that's that's basically how the story uh, is. Right. So it's uh, so what they said was absolutely true. 
so if you want to read it then you should you should pause the podcast right now and read it it's a wonderful tale you don't need to know a lot of high funda words and concepts it's written in a beautiful precise concise way in which every anybody even a kid can understand as they said at least so I mean, it's uh, 71 uh, pages so you can just download it right now i read in a pdf in like one and a half hour like two days before this podcast mm-hmm. never mind continue <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it doesn't take too long anyway so let's get to the uh, content of the book now uh the way we'll we'll do it is we'll uh, start by reading out a few quotes and then see where the discussion leads us uh, the parallels in real life right so and then this won't be in the order in which it's presented in the book just uh, order where it's easy to uh, discuss things so the first one creatures outside looked from pig to man and from man to pig and pig to man again but already it was impossible to say which was which yeah i i think i think this is i think my favorite quote from the book because everyone else yeah. likes the all animals are equal but somebody in the other quote yeah <laughs> uh so i think in my opinion this is a critique of authoritarianism rather than communism as a whole because in the book you know that the pigs originally it starts off as a more egalitarian communistic society but you see that the pigs assume more hierarchy more power at the end of the book and they become they become the same as the humans whom they once hated they begin to like cohort with yeah. the humans and talk about talk about means of oppressing other animals so this moves more into authoritarianism it kind of like uh, draws visions of you know uh, soviet russia where the proletariat uh, they kicked out the bourgeoisie saying the bourgeoisie were oppressing them but they formed the new layer of the bourgeoisie the new the, it, it, they claimed they were working for the people but i exactly. mean you have the resources that prove not exactly so i mean the oppressors the oppressed become the oppressors in i think that's what yeah. i draw aman what do you have to say man yeah definitely that's why anytime somebody speaks of revolution uh i want to see how serious they are and how many uh you know how much steps are they taking to make sure it doesn't become oppression at the end right that's why when somebody says we need to change the system we need to do that i never trust them in the first go uh i mean that's why we just take away from the book historically historically speaking on a grander context do you think um there's ever been a revolution where the old order hasn't been established I- i'm not i'm talking in a really grand sense of history i don't know i mean you could say a lot of independence movements though you still have like corrupt governments and everything they're still in some ways better than the uh, uh the establishment which was there before it worse in other ways i mean But... when you talk about the old order you you have to like be specific in what you mean by the order do you talk about the class system that emerged within the soviet union are you talking about uh, a racial uh, system i'm talking i'm talking about uh, it in a really grander scale uh i'm not giving you an example but just and uh, anything which was old somebody comes comes promises a revolution it happens and then uh, if i take the french revolution for example such a famous example uh they revolt against the monarch louis um the the monarchy is displaced and they try to form their own uh directory and uh, and then again napoleon comes along even robespierre for that matter and again there's oppression so i mean makes Yeah, yeah, 
So I think what you say is the greatest question that Orwell has actually asked in the book because everything isn't just a conclusion. There are some takeaways, and you always wonder what exactly, like, can hierarchies actually be destroyed? Exactly. And I think what 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 Orwell seeks to bring in is there will always be someone at the top. That a hierarchy will always form, however you seek for it not to happen. We've seen this in I don't know communist movements all over the world that have seek to emphasize equality in uh, Venezuela, China. Soviet Union. So you can't strictly call them communist as such, but I mean, in the end, I always feel that inequality is—it's a natural. Uh, did you just say you can't uh, call Soviet Russia strictly communist? No, it isn't communist. It wasn't communist. Uh, can you please elaborate? I mean, uh, so originally, when Marx wrote about communism in the Communist Manifesto, he People. spoke about—he uh, spoke about a dictatorship of the proletariat. Uh, I don't think this was strictly what he meant by dictatorship. He meant for a socialist democracy and a point where the government is weak and all the people are equal and the people control their own fate. However, Lenin interpreted this in the sense of the Soviet Union needing—I mean, any communist revolution needing a vanguard party, that is, a party that itself, um, that you know, that that represents the interests of the poor and works as a of the oppressed and works as a armor, a weapon for them. So it wasn't the oppressed itself who had come together within a class consciousness. It was rather a party that was working on their behalf. So right. it wasn't truly really communism; it was more of socialism. That's why you see the USSR, Soviet uh, Soviet Union. You always hear Union of Socialist, uh, you know, republics. It's it it wasn't mm. there was there have never been incidences of pure or full communism documented anywhere. Okay, okay. So this brings me to a question: uh, Do you think? after all the world wars and uh, yeah after all that do you think communism actually ever really failed now that you say that uh, communism in its true form has never really done anywhere do you think it failed i mean you had the first movement of communism failing because all these so called communist countries now uh, you know your china your venezuela they've all adapted to market capitalism yeah. they've all become state controlled capitalisms but hmm. i mean that's a very negative view a more positive view of looking at it is communism has never been tried now of course hmm. a lot of people who are listening to this who will uh, not agree to what i'm saying but i mean uh, you've had you've had very different interpretations of what true communism can mean you have pradhan who says that there need not be a state we need to live in an anarchist society so i think it all depends on how what the future shows us and uh, what movements are springing up right now that may become major uh so, so you think so you you think com- uh, in the future if the need arises then communism can still be given a chance and not dismissed based on precedent because uh, it isn't what it truly was meant to be i i think neoliberalism as a global trend currently makes that a very hard thing to achieve right now you have your free trade and if a country like shuts its off something like hmm. north korea it it kind of leads to negative consequences because neoliberalism is the way things run but there has been i don't know a tendency in the world for more people political conservatism people not uh, uh, you know looking uh, more looking inwards policy of you have of course most of these guys are right wing demagogues hmm. but i think hmm. there is you have you have you have various groups for fighting it it all depends i think we're seeing a period of turmoil that was almost similar to a century ago uh if you i don't know, not here this decade i i what, what, why do you say yeah, that why do you say that 
uh, you've had, I mean, you've had major political changes happening. Things are moving extremely fast. Uh, think, take the uh, movements in the United States, for example. I think these, uh, this is one of the largest uh, things that ever happened since the civil rights movement. I think as several New York Times editorials have claimed or what political analysts have said, uh, I think what you've had, you've had, you've had contemporary Marxist movements bringing, I think, to counter Western European neo-Nazism all over. You see Hong Kong, you see the turmoil in Hong Kong, you see Taiwan, you see uh, the entire Belt and Road Initiative making big ball moves all over Africa and that being countered. So I don't think we have as much stability as what we did maybe, let's say, a few decades ago. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I'm representing reality. Aman, what do you think? Yeah, man, what is? Oh yeah, I mean, I will agree that there is quite a bit of change going on. Uh, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm not very well informed on those specific topics, so I think okay. I'll we'll go with yours. Okay. So yeah. so yeah, that was a good discussion. On to the next thought. And remember that also in fighting against man, we must now come to resemble him. Even when you have conquered him, do not adopt his vices. So this was this is in stark contrast to the previous quote. This was said when um, they were forming the revolution. In fact, when uh, old majors um, started the idea of revolution. Uh, okay, so in the for those of you who have not read the story, old major was the wild boar who originally started the uh, idea of revolution among the animals and, uh, and uh, told them that uh, I mean made them think of an idea where um, a society of animals would rule themselves and not be ruled by a man. Right? And uh, three days after, after that, uh, he mysteriously uh, passed away. So after that, three other uh, pigs take over and the rest of the story unfolds. So he said this, he uh, basically prescribes the ideals of their uh, revolution, which was later uh, um, transcribed and made into animalism which the animals then uh, try to follow. But before that, yeah, this is, this is what he said. So I think we've discussed a lot of what uh, this represents and how things change. So, mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add? Mm-hmm. Aman? Oh, no. I, so the previous decision pretty much was about this. Uh, okay. okay. I, think, I think just a little bit. Uh, so what I thought was, what I looked at this and thought was, when you consider Animal Farm, it's not just a random story with random characters. Each character represents an actual real-life person who mm. was, uh, you know, present during the revolutionary period of this time. So right. I think this, this is interesting because the old major is Marx, basically. And mm. he gave his like untainted pure mm-hmm. Marxist ideals uh, that we must not become the oppressors. And uh, later when you see that the pigs actually became the oppressors, this this is, I think, more of a uh, this thing critique on Stalin who corrupted all those ideals and, you know, created a new level of, uh, created a new form of oppression that was a complete destruction of communist values. And, you know, you had like actual socialists like Orwell who believed that communism would be lost to the world and that actual people would just be, believe, like even now, when you ask people, mm-hmm. what is their view on communism? They say, mm-hmm. oh no, it's Soviet Russia. You had gulags, you had torture, you had all that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think he intends to critique that maybe uh, whatever, whatever the old major is represented as a good character, 
while uh, mm. the pigs uh, more mm. specifically napoleon who represents stalin is mm. a bad thing wait so you, you think okay so originally what you, uh, uh, yeah don't don't I'll, i'll ask the question yeah. at the end of your sure so when like the old major gives his original thesis and like everyone originally forms a revolutionary society it's perfect the animals state that they're never happier than before they own fruits they yeah. live they enjoy life but only when napoleon takes charge after like uh, killing after not killing chasing away snowball that's when yeah. things to go bad so here you can prove that orwell actually liked the idea of socialism and maybe even communism where people own the fruits of their labor but actually didn't like uh, the authoritarian hierarchy stalin created so i think that's what that's the insights i drew away from these lines Wait, uh, oh, okay yeah. go on aman uh, so aditya do you feel a society completely based on equality is actually possible where if there's a revolution a new uh, class won't uh, emerge and what are the means that you, that you think may be used to achieve that uh, i i hate to bring my own political opinions here but i rather believe more in freedom than equality uh, i believe the more hmm. freedom gives more equality however there are class inequalities and most people wouldn't argue with this idea of libertarianism there is an alternative there you have alternative uh, anarcho communist ideologies that claim that you will have equality uh, one second anarcho yeah you have anarcho socialist i mean you've had states like um, for example the free state of ukraine uh, southern spain or italy one of those where you had you, you lacked a government and rather all the people mm-hmm. by themselves held uh, were paid according to the fruits of their labor and held joint ownerships in whatever enterprises began that way you had no big politicians uh, such as you know napoleon in this story or corporate owners who would oppress the people but the, the fun part here comes is we're talking about ca- class oppression here which marx claims is the largest kind of oppression i believe that other hierarchies mm-hmm. continue to exist and i mean you're going to have let's say uh, consider this consider this stupid but you have hierarchies based on let's say attractiveness or height mm-hmm. hierarchies based on um, charisma personal uh, yeah so i believe that you the very like different nature of human beings and everyone is different from each other will involve some kind of superiority inferiority because that's our psychological nature but if you're talking yeah. about class inequality then i believe a correct way i mean one of the ways to achieve this which is not been tried are the you know the anarcho communist uh, prodhonian uh, form of economics uh, i, can, well, can, I can, you, can you can you can you elaborate on that i i i think i just did it refers it's it's more of a system where you don't have a you don't have a government to regulate you extensively nor would you rather have uh, large monopolies and you have an actually true free market where everyone is placed on par with each other and holds okay. joint you know shares or ownership of enterprises that may exist oh okay that's one idea but everyone just calls it an internet idea it's never been tried and i don't think it will ever be tried mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hey. okay cool so then the next one this is a classic one the one we just the cliche one we discussed all animals are equal but some animals are more equal than others i think uh, this perfectly encapsulates the whole idea of the book uh, in a broader sense what do you have to say well uh, so you you see at the start of the book 
when they uh, when they you know you, you know they begin the entire idea of equality they write down seven rules uh guys let's see how many rules you remember challenge <laughs> okay <laughs> I, 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 I read it a while back so i remember uh, i don't remember any to be honest yeah say go okay, on there's, the I, think, I think there's there's two legs bad that's humans uh, are bad yeah the uh, four legs good right four legs good but, but that was a kind of summary of the seventh amendments that was made for they also have those explicit rules only when the dumb sheep which represent you know the wor- the working class proletariat who blindly supported the regime yeah they didn't actually understand uh-huh. marxist concepts so they were just like force fed ideas of equality so hmm. the actual rules are also two legs are bad uh, four legs are good hmm. animals must not sleep in bed animals must not wear clothes animals must not drink alcohol no animals must kill another animal and yeah. the last one all things are equal yeah so, right throughout the book as you know the revolution progresses you have um, i mean you have you have at first you have perfect equality within the animals you have one committee that jointly decides everything then you have the pigs who take control because they claim that they have the value of intellect or they make they can plan and make decisions then finally your committees get abolished and you just have one authoritarian committee of pigs making choices and finally you just have um, napoleon or the head pig who represents stalin making the choices so as this whole thing flows and continues you see each rule gets decimated or completely changed yeah. hmm. right you see, first is the no animal shall drink alcohol that becomes no animal must drink alcohol in excess just because mm-hmm. the pigs enjoy beer and whiskey hmm. then you have the uh, then you have the Huh? Then it's removed altogether once when big enough. Right. So yeah, 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 makes sense. I'm sorry, it's going too slow. At the end, all all rules are removed, and you just have the final thing, which is all animals are equal, but some are more equal than the others. Which is told to the sheep as to uh, four to four legs good, two legs better. Yeah. So I think I represents yeah. the absolute corruption of original Marxist ideals by. you know the soviet union in my opinion is that's that's what it represents right right yeah so uh, yeah aman go go yeah and i think following the commandments it also has a good relation to religion for you have the 10 commandments and how they are basically corrupted by later on to interpret whatever they want to and uh, keep themselves in power uh, mm. so i think that that's that's another interesting Mm, yeah actually yeah. makes sense mm, mm, mm. and uh, let's discuss boxers right so boxer is actually uh, an interesting cog he he represents the common common lay person lay proletarian who is uh, following everything that his leader says so before uh, when snowball was a leader he used to say uh, he he supports snowball no matter what what was the line again i'm not very sure but i thought snowball and napoleon were all joint leaders like yeah, there was yeah, no they were single leader uh, yeah so uh, what words were we must I, work harder yeah and snowball is made that way he says uh, napoleon is always right that becomes his watchword yeah right right yeah right you're right you're right so uh, does so does it does this also show the fickle mindedness of the general proletariat that they do not think and they given 
mostly to uh, the uh, dogma that's prevalent at that time yeah in my opinion rather than fickle mindedness it shows the simple nature of those people who are kept in dark by their very governments the very like if you've seen almost any like communist country the people have blind faith in their leaders i think it's not just communist it's more of authoritarian right when hitler took power people just had blind faith in everything he said because he was expected to solve all their problems and you've seen boxer who had been deeply like like the boxer well it clearly states the boxer wasn't a very smart animal he was just mm. following the, uh, what do you call herd mentality that, that's not a pun uh, so yeah so I mean, group horse isn't called a herd i'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah 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 go on go on so i think it was more of you know the kind of propaganda that's fed to you you have squealer who represents the uh, soviet union's newspaper pravda uh, and that just fed you lies and boxer wanted to believe in the revolution you know he originally strongly believed in the ideas of the old major and yeah. he couldn't stop believing because he he truly enjoyed the idea of you know his own labor and he used to work hard so i think it's more of you know blind for he was being a more fickle minded rather a, a blind follower completely controlled by state ideology so he represents the masses of the soviet union and never actually rebelled against uh, the central leadership the central committee people like uh, stalin khrushchev even though they knew that they were being sent to gulags they were being repressed the secret police killed murdered people and so on and so forth tell us about your view of the uh, russian revolution in general and uh, what you, what do you think of it and how it came about for the general listener who has no, not much knowledge of this and then we'll we'll take it from there yeah all right so you had the i think soviet hello Yeah, yeah, go on. You had, you had, you had the Soviet Union, which at this point was one of the largest and most, uh, one of the one of the largest and I think more influential countries, and it was governed by a Tsar or a King Tsar Nicholas, right? A hereditary line of kings. And well, the, the point, the, the problem with the Soviet Union here was a large majority of its population was uneducated. There wasn't very good development. the sar was accused of being elitist and worrying only about his upper ring uh, these were some of the accusations right uh, recently abolished feudalism which is basically slavery forced contract between a serf and his but the point was it, it got it only got worse from here because you had factories industrial revolution just started taking place in the soviet union and you had people paid measly wages you had people who could barely sustain themselves one of the largest like uh, times of starvation hit this point the poverty uh, the poverty line was ex- the poverty rate was extremely high you had people suffering on top of this the asar nicolas he took part in world war 1 which is a highly unpopular decision because it was more of a bureaucratic decision than what the people needed so this made things worse because in war time you don't have supplies right this made things worse and i think the time was ripe at this point for something to dispose of the old system and to bring about system that would actually work for the people so at the point you had various uh, communist parties that were inspired by uh, obviously the writings of karl marx the manifesto of the communist party and so on and i think you had a bright young person lenin who grew up he saw his own brother executed by the tsar for uh, anti tsarist activities the tsar had a secret police that would uh, you know read all correspondences and 
hit people harshly so uh, i mean hit on people uh, never mind so i was not sorry very nice okay come on yeah yeah so i mean you had to have a revolution and the i think the events of the october revolution they changed things the sar was deposed his entire family killed um, he was killed so that you won't have a successor you had a complete you had a complete change in the entire system and um, finally you had the bolsheviks you had a, you had the bolsheviks oh, popularly known as you know the communist party of russia who took over with um, uh, you know you had three people who were very important uh, vladimir lenin um, joseph stalin and leon trotsky so here most people like tend to think that vladimir lenin was uh, equally like a, a good man and then joseph stalin ruined the whole thing but here you draw parallels with anatoly pan right uh, you, have lenin, uh, you have you have like lenin and trotsky who are compared to like snowball the mm. other thing. and even even here there were pretty brutal repressions of population wasn't just joseph stalin you had the kronstadt revolution where you had people in, it was a left wing revolution itself a socialist where you had factory workers in kronstadt who were protesting uh, and democratic self management and they were brutally taken down by by lenin and the government but things progressively went to worse with stalin and this is where animal farm comes in the pure ideas of marxist communism were completely ruined so that's that's your bit on the russian revolution so uh, the the question now is why why do you think uh, orwell chose uh, a farmhouse to represent uh, the political climate at that time uh, i don't know uh, i mean what do you think i don't know i mean it's you could have used anything like this i think it was a farmhouse because you have i mean you have a farmer and you always have animals and you see the animals you know they toil for the farmer without respite and they sit and work but yeah. when you see the animals the value of the animals labor mm. is actually being stolen away they give us eggs they give us milk they work for the crop but they get nothing but like a little bit of food and they're meant to you know starve and slowly die and when they die also their bodies either sold out or when they are too old they die so i think this is a perfect you know representation of how the working classes were oppressed in early europe when industrial mm. revolution just come up and that's the first reason the second reason i believe is you had like uh, anim- you have different animals so a natural class systems forms within the animals for okay. example dogs are held to be the smartest animal hmm. then and, you have and, and one thing one thing that's interesting is the pigs the three pigs lay their claim to uh, power by saying that uh, ma- uh, the old old major was a wild boar and they're closest to him and that's why they get to uh, be in power after him. that's how they justified them uh, being really? part right I, yeah I, I don't know i mean i i assumed it was more of the fact that no no that, yeah. that, that was the justification i mean they the say they're smartest and that's why they no 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 the pigs right? are smarter than dogs it's it's clearly yeah, yeah. The that's that's right that's right that's, so, that's as as like you see you see you see uh, the uh, the squealer who is the the pig who's the propaganda expert he clearly says that comrades we need the milk we need the uh, we need the milk because and and we need all the apples and deprives the others of apples by saying that pigs are very smart and are the ones that make decision so they should naturally be entitled to these so i think yeah, yeah. it makes sense. major gave the ideas and he was very smart and the pigs are his natural predecessors 
but also has to do to the fact that pigs are highly intelligent organisms oh, why do i say organisms <laughs> uh okay okay fine do you, do you think in uh, real life do you, do you think a meritocracy would be a good idea what's your view on having a meritocracy uh, i don't think you can ever have a true meritocracy because a meritocracy clearly assumes that everyone starts off on an equal footing on an equal basis uh because the only things you have to decide are on based on merit but you clearly know that that's not the possible you have a class system in place you have a caste system in place which limits the access to resources which then again uh doesn't allow everyone to compete on an equal footing and how are you going to measure progress from someone who started before you it's like running a race but the other guy has to run two extra laps and then you okay. call that a meritocracy yeah okay yeah. okay so so uh, this is from another book have you read uh, brave new world i have not read that book okay so there in that book aldous huxley uh, that's another dystopia so in that he presents a situation where that they actually genetically modified babies but after that they are all conditioned to believe in certain things okay uh, as soon as they are born they separated from their parents condition to believe in certain things and then they raised so i'll leave all that but the one thing that uh, i'm interested in this in this for this argument is what if everybody to a certain age are provided equal footing okay regardless of uh, what regardless of uh, where what they're born into right in in that case in in such an ideal world would you support the idea of meritocracy Well, there are two ways of looking at this, right? Uh, your one side, uh, classically, I would uh, stereotype this as your uh, usual left wing, who would claim that human beings need not have to compete with each other in this sense, that cooperation would ensure the best possible outcomes. That competition may not actually would actually lead to people being put down, would lead to the formation, you know, more barriers. But I, I don't agree with this. i believe it's basic human nature to compete with other humans to try and survive that's that's a survival instinct that's been ingrained from us from you know a long time from our ancestors so while you have dissenting opinions i'd go with the second one okay uh, for me personally i i lean a bit more towards the liberal view though i uh, acknowledge the fault no, because not, let us not confuse the liberal and the left so, okay that, that that's that's not a left view that's not a very left view that's the liberal essential goodness of a human is uh, liberal individualism is liberal rather 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 i believe that the liberals encourage more of neoliberalism which is more of a global capitalist system that is fueled by you know competition and individual meritocracy i think that's the ideals okay. of liberalism but okay. i you know better No, okay you obviously know what you're talking about but uh, okay leave, let's leave the tags that way but but i generally would believe in that view because uh, l- l- just just take the parallel of game theory right so when uh, so game theory now is literally applied to almost every field you can find because that provides the most optimum outcome so for the unacquainted the when boiling game theory down to its most simple basic truths uh is that 
if uh, one if if you have a highly intense environment of competition it it actually leads to more uh, uh more it's it's actually detrimental for everybody involved uh, because when one person tries to get ahead the others inevitably have to go down right but in a capitalist system that, that's the thing that changed that uh, for example the whole wealth creation thing where uh, you don't have to one one party doesn't have to lose uh, money for the other party to go go ahead and both of you can go ahead but for that to happen the most optimum way according to game theory is when everybody uh, go up together in the sense that uh, mm. for example you have, you have industries around the world right so uh, take, take a particular industry right uh, automobile or whatever so the idea is that if if you open source uh, many, many patents now in the automobile industry are open the the basic components for that matter so that, is that across so, companies or only tesla no no tesla tesla open source everything but across mm-hmm. companies there's a certain uh, i am not exactly sure what it is but i'm i, mm-hmm. I read about this there's a certain okay. uh, thing that was open source from the mm-hmm. time forward itself all right go on that that help revive the industry and make it what it is today so i i yeah. I, i agree with that view so i think uh, hu- humans are better off having a certain equal kind of upbringing up to a certain level after which competition does inevitably happen so i, I don't think we should force competition what is your view on this amar yeah i don't think we should force competition or cooperation mm. having said that your game theory view makes a ton of sense uh, wherein uh, uh, you know you do up together and i think sustainable capitalism is built around that idea itself because uh, take something like amazon itself for example you can criticize it all you want uh, but a lot of people are able to today sell online because of that uh, and now if you, if you are enabling so many sellers to come online then naturally you will take some sort of that and become rich yourself uh, right. so yeah that i do agree with the that cooperation is better but you know it, it the it plays out the way it does so yeah if 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 everyone had an equal opportunity then yes i would believe in a meritocracy uh, so this i i just came across this post on instagram saying billionaires shouldn't exist uh, and billionaires are evil and i mean something like this comes up every other day Do you agree? What do you think about the entire existence of billionaires? Well, I believe billionaires can and may exist depending on the economic system. I I wouldn't exactly endorse a you know a state like a country like the United States, which like rampantly encourages monopolies to grow and then billionaires to grow. I have hmm. more um, support the. Uh, I mean, while while I strongly believe in the principles of life is fair deep within, I know that practically. Mm-hmm. we need to have more of you know uh, west i mean western europe nordic countries you see your mm-hmm. which actually have much higher taxes for billionaires and a tax proportionable to their income but as for why billionaires should exist i mean you if you have i mean if you have large billionaires you also they you have you have a majority of jobs created you have incentive for people to rise from almost nothing to that mm. level while giving people jobs so it, i think it's fair billionaires should exist i just think there should be anti monopoly rules in place uh, okay so the the problem there is speed of incentive right 
now becoming a billionaire what kind of an incentive is that i mean what can any person do with a billion dollars a million dollars 10 million you can still do something what will you do with a billion well what, what mean, kind of an incentive is something that you can't even use no, i would rather not talk about the incentive of being a billionaire alone i would talk about the incentive of being able to start a free enterprise which hmm. allows me to fairly accumulate money see the very concept that billionaire shouldn't exist is based hmm. on your entire labor theory of value back to yeah money. yeah that, means that the value of labor is taken away by billionaire jeff bezos personally doesn't sit in our knowledge money he takes it off amazon employees who are paid hmm. pretty bad wages yeah but i essentially reject the labor theory of value by itself in like the theory by itself right hmm. while i mean i believe that the state has an important role in in ensuring that people have a decent standard of life again nordic countries hmm. i you've seen you've seen what happened in the soviet union there was no free enterprise you did not yeah. have people who could control their entire thing it was fine at first hmm. stalin okay you had stalin who rapidly industrialized his nation in 10 years and what the us did in probably 50 60 years yeah But at what cost did that come it came hmm. at the of millions and millions of people now you'll have yeah. arguing against the saying oh no fake fake data fake facts but take records from the gulags take records from the soviet union itself you had massive kill counts then you mm-hmm. have some like krushchev you have people like brezhnev coming over under brezhnev you saw a rapid decline in industrial production and there were large gaps of technology with the west so mm-hmm. the government cannot effectively uh, run its enterprise as well and one thing about billionaires you should consider while everyone argues against them understand that billionaires create wealth yeah It's, you you look at a very simple concept of increasing inequality the poor get poorer the rich get richer well mm. the billionaire isn't just getting taking away poor people's money which is he exactly. is but he's also creating a lot of wealth for the nation that's the basis yeah. of capitalism so. yeah no which is why the soviet union failed because at the end you had a, a other factors sure you had uh, ethnic factors coming into play but overall the economic decline was because they couldn't keep up with uh, manufacturing in the west so i believe in billionaires but i also believe that well again they should be taxed and you have to ensure that you don't make like people like amazon's lives or people yeah. who work at amazon's lives look shit i mean uh, i completely uh-huh. agree with you on the nordic countries part of it uh, mm-hmm. because they have this pretty almost perfect solution where you have ex- excellent social security excellent healthcare excellent education and at the same time you have a highly enterprising country Yeah. with high rates of entrepreneurship so i think that's that's an excellent model to follow fair enough hmm. they have the highest rate so but uh, but do you do you think the nordic model would work uh, in, in okay fine take a country like india do you think it'll work in a country like india nope absolutely right fine i'll tell you what i am hmm. not sure on my stats here but have you seen the amount of indians that pay pro, uh, that pay income tax like 2% 5% somewhere around those lines Uh, everyone everyone is extremely poor yeah yeah so i believe yeah. india have follows a welfare state model now while i generally like mm-hmm. welfare, welfare state, state kind of a welfare state follows up uh, you mm. i mean i may not i may not be completely politically correct i mean correct in what i'm saying but uh, i believe that it is this like welfare state model that is actually required to pull out citizens from poverty and bring everyone up to a you know a single mark where uh where everyone is in the middle class where every where 
it can like sustainably improve everyone's rate of living yeah right than india so you got to give it some time what is much more capitalistic than india nordic countries are much more capitalistic than india yeah definitely mm-hmm. uh amal do you have anything to say yeah so the the question that i think is extremely important for us to answer is for a place like india uh, uh the kind of social security that's there in the nordics is extremely hard to have because you simply don't have that much wealth and that much revenue uh yeah right so the question is uh the question is more well the point is more wealth creation needs to happen so that the percentage of that can then go into improving the lives of the people itself uh uh now the other challenge that we have is obviously climate change and sustainability and all of these so how do we have sustainable growth with uh, uh to ensure that eventually you can have both you know lesser climate change and also you can uplift the lives of the people because capitalism itself though it's it, it it creates inequality in other things it does increase the size of the pie and some of that does go to the poorest hmm. right so okay. what do you have to say about that Don't don't give us some insights here. Aman, can you repeat what he said? A lot right, of what he said. Yes. Right. Okay, so fine. my point is. Hello. Uh, hello. Hello. One, one second. Hello. One second. Hold on. Wait. Now talk. Yeah. So my point is a capitalist free system uh, hmm. is good at increasing the size of the pie. Okay. Uh, and while we and increase inequality and oppression and all these things uh and those are serious problems which need to be dealt with what does happen in the system is the pie size of the pie increases and some of that does go to the poor so you have a gradual poverty elevation happening right uh having said that the biggest problem of our era is probably climate change uh and uh, the rampant production of goods that we don't need is one of the biggest causes for it right uh so how do you reconcile the need to grow the size of the pie while doing it sustainably under is that even possible in capitalism that that, sh- that should be no uh, sustainable in the sense you made uh, from an uh, environment point of view or like uh, model point of view like uh, the business model point of view both both okay so uh, f- for me uh, i i think now the 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 argument that uh, you t- to grow the size of the pie rapidly you need to um, give in when it comes to uh, sustainability is not factually correct at this point now because we actually have a lot of green technologies which we can utilize though they will have a mm-hmm. slightly higher uh, capital initial investment cost but that that that's actually way lesser now than it used to be so that that argument would perfectly make sense even like 5 to 6 years ago but now okay. now i think it is possible this i off record off record do you what system do you uh, believe in nordic so nord i mean bro i i'm very conflicted okay like mm. my intelligence is that the system is the most logical and proper system to follow you need to aim for a kind of government where everyone is happy it's it's in where everyone mm. is happy everyone like no one has to worry about their health or their life that you have to mm. enterprise and people can do whatever they want but but yeah. in reality like that's what i would want it realistically but very unrealistically mm. i would prefer a society of libertarianism which is like small government 
government doesn't appreciate environment and uh, except environment um, communications and defense and even that defense has to keep yeah. going down and you have complete exactly but, dude it's it's very conflicting and i'm not very sure yet i mean to be honest what i would say is uh, welfare to some extent environment and defense yeah i agree with you on that everything else should be out for uh, people to do the way they wish uh, and with regards to environment would you support something like a uh, a uh, uh, carbon tax yeah 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 i'm for yeah 100% okay would, would you support that in india uh, in india no i would uh, i think i think it will be damaging in the short term but it's necessary dude because like already climate change is hitting food production in africa already uh, it's going to start it in bangladesh and like many regions of india soon so though it will hurt us in the short term it is necessary yeah even i i think it's necessary because it will force change though see if if at this moment at this moment right hmm. if the hmm. what would it uh, okay first of all do you guys agree that um, we are heading towards uh, an economic crisis yeah we are in one i wouldn't say we are in one yet the markets the numbers don't reflect that yet which markets are talking about the stock markets uh, yeah i'm i'm talking from purely numbers point of view i understand unemployment and all is at not time high which is a uh, very a very good indicator for an economic depression but uh, i'm talking about the markets in general do the markets are bad man they they want an indication of anything they're rallying like anything no actually uh, a depression as such is one it's characterized by uh, labor right but uh, an official mm-hmm. start to it and uh, official cognizance of it is brought about only when the stock market crashes every time so this earlier you said uh, that the story animal farm is modeled on uh, not of in the future but on incidents that happened in the past so can you give us a few uh, can you give us context and a few examples what you mean all right uh, sure uh, so i mean you see several, like the, the every little move in the book is actually something that happened on a co- intensely large scale in real life like some of the small incidences are you know when the animals beat up like their drunk alcoholic farm master and hmm. decide ownership of the farm that's basically the bolshevik revolution of the october revolution right and the the the, the drunk farmer he represents tsar nicholas the uh, who was like according to soviet propaganda was a drunk uncaring master for the whole of russia the mm. uh, russian empire basically and i mean every part for example uh, when you had the old major the boar who gave the whole thing when he was buried and then later brought back to life i mean not brought back to life sorry his skull was buried up and was put on top of the was put on top of the farm that basically represented when stalin buried up and took up lenin's dead body and then had emblemed on display to like show that he truly followed lenin's ideals but i think some of my favorite parts which mirror actual history are when you know frederick the farmer so i'll i'll give our listeners some context if they're not familiar with the book so you have you have a farmer called frederick and basically the uh, the pig napoleon he tries to strike a deal with frederick about selling him some selling him some wood and frederick first accepts and makes a deal with the pig but then just decides to take over the farm and his and his men come with guns to take over the farm right also frederick has a the farmer frederick has a record of beating up and hurting uh, animals and conducting cockfights and animal torture 
in his farm so this this farmer frederick is actually a representation of adolf hitler right the cockroach mm. the doctor actually represents the uh, the torture of the nazi oh, sorry the jewish population in his own state and of course um, all the other horrific human rights abuses record he has so uh, fun fact in history stalin didn't actually want to uh, stalin didn't want to get into a fight with the uh, nazi germany cuz you know he was scared of their might so he struck up a deal with them called the molotov ribbentrop agreement by which they divided europe into spheres of influence and they would not come in each other's spheres of influence or fight each other okay. but hitler slightly broke this treaty and under his concept of lebensraum or living space he invaded russia uh, the east soviet union sorry the eastern front of the soviet union and stalin was very surprised by this this is exactly like the book where frederick first strikes a deal with the pigs but then tries to take over their farm the other right. farmer uh, who is uh, the other farmer who is the the one on their uh, the one on their other side he represents the european or the western powers because they clearly state that him and frederick hated each other hmm. right and yeah. so you hmm. clearly you clearly have the uh, pigs allying you clearly have the pigs who ally themselves with the other farmer uh, hmm. at the end they all like share they all share a they all share a drink together and have a toast so this represents the tehran conference hmm. where after beating the nazis the western hmm. powers and uh, and the soviet union together you know um, celebrated together at the tehran conference and you know divided nazi land and so on and so forth and finally the cold war started you clearly have this represented in the book as the pigs as uh, you know you have the pigs and um, uh, the other farmer who are fighting with each other over uh, who cheated in the game of cards so i right. think the little thing has some part of history embedded in Man. it that's that's great insight wow. i i never thought yeah, of that that's great insight yeah and uh, so so let's go to another point Hmm 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 hmm. What house did he? Oh, he he's again not able to speak, sir. No, now I now I thought of one question, but then I decided not to do it. Uh, oh, I thought there was a problem with my connection, so I started. <laughs> no, no. Uh, everyone no, just. Do you want me to give you questions, sir? Huh? Yeah, give me questions. They say you just you just turn it into a bowling yeah. order. That that we both yeah, listen. Better that. Talk about talk about um, talk about like the impact the book had and like what it was used for originally. Like wh- like apparently you know the CIA had a secret operation uh, to stop copies of Animal Farm. Oh right, yeah. It was a victory. Had a secret option to do. They what? were going to drop it in Czechoslovakia, Hungary, and Poland. which was soviet satellite states so that the people there would understand okay don't life. don't explain it oh, wow no come down like i'll explain it again when when we start off formally there's that uh, and then you can bring in like the ideas of you know revisionism of history and how that is like presented in animal farm and yeah bro, where, where is where is revisionism of history presented in animal farm 1984 uh, we discussed that Where's what history? Revisionism. Revisionism. 
So it's discussed multiple places. Number one, you know the snowball. Do you remember the other uh, pig? He bravely participates in the Battle of Kaushal and gets shot and injured. But later yeah. on, when he moves away, Stalin labels him a traitor. Not Stalin, sorry. Napoleon labels him a traitor and states that he never fought the war, but was on the side of the human. First, he says he was a servant to the humans. Then he claims he was the leader of the humans and exclaimed, "Death to humanity!" Long live humanity! And the and the blood marks on his back were caused because Napoleon bravely bit him. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, and also okay. the, the the windmills. Uh, it was Snowball's huh. idea, oh, which yeah, Napoleon yeah. opposes. But then once once Napoleon, I mean once he says Napoleon own is idea. driven off the farm, he says it's its own idea. Yeah, he's driven out for precisely that reason. That okay, fine. Mm. Wait, mm. on record. What is this on record? Whatever I just said, and I'm on. No da, no da. Oh, what? It was it was useful. Why why isn't it on record? Uh, no, nobody asked a question. You asked no, this. Yeah, you asked the revision of history, oh, and we made two points about the revision of history. Revision of history. We discussed that in nineteen eighty four. Yes. Okay. My idea. Yeah, it actually makes sense now. I didn't say it in a very wild manner. Okay. First question. What now? <laughs> what is your first question? Yeah, Desa, you suggested one question before this, no? Uh, bro, one second. It was something about the CIA and dropping it in Hungary. Ah, okay. ah yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do I make that, that question? Yeah, how do you? I, I, I'll, I'll just say, uh, how is it? Does uh, okay. Wait. Were uh, there any other tool ways in which it was used? Uh, no, no. Bro, this just got derailed completely. Nice. <laughs> you know, I have this. Uh, I use this term called the animal farm problem. Ah, oh, tell us, please. Okay, Aman, can you no, please? It's, it's, it's pretty. It's what... pretty basic. It, it's it's pretty basic. Every time the oppressed starts acting too thoughty, I say animal farm problem. That's all. <laughs> basically, 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 when Kejriwal <laughs> does corrupt it, I say animal farm. No, you can't <laughs> put that in record. <laughs> 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 Why? When the oppressed are acting too cocky, it seems, bro, we get overthrown tomorrow. It's coming. No, no, no. See, that's not we, what I meant. That's not what I meant. See, we criticized China only in the previous episodes. <laughs> yeah. No, see, but yeah. Ch- Ch- China's sphere of influence doesn't exist. Doesn't uh, uh, reach here. But like the the. The the angry vote crowd's fear of influence does enter into our lives. Uh, I don't. Okay, let's see if they get this one in the podcast first. <laughs> no, but basically, when Tejriwal does some corruption, I just say animal farm. Basically, <laughs> I'll actually be glad if one person comes to argue. That means I actually listen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so uh, there, there's one quote. The only good human being is a dead one. Aman, tell us what you feel about this quote. So, <laughs> I think it's it's a it's a representation of the hate that you need for the other, right? To have any kind of revolution, one of a one pretty good 
ingredient to have is that the person so much and that line symbolizes that hate very well so you, you know in, in just a one liner you can symbolize the who the enemy is which can be very powerful to rally the masses yeah i mean normally uh, like a uninformed observer would say that's going too deep but then you know how things work in soviet russia you had you had the whole concept of an invisible enemy something that's i mean pulled off by most demagogues even now like even within the book they keep talking about how snowball is secretly allying with the humans on how the humans to break yeah. down their windmill so that's the only thing that keeps an autocratic regime in place that is when you're looking outside rather than inside and that's an insight uh so uh, I, i said this on the 1984 thing as well but the best example is how hindi news channels keep talking about pakistan yeah. and imran khan fair enough and um, so what do you think is the parallel um, okay what do you think is the difference in style between the way napoleon uh, goes about uh, the way he rules his farm and snowball's approach to it well that is three of them together initially and then uh, snowball's uh, uprising and his ideas probably that is but wrong that's that's the idea george orwell was actually talking about here how a good movement can go completely corrupt but he's pretty fly enough to mm. state that even snowball wasn't a good movement snowball himself engaged in corruption of a sort when he completely agreed that um, let's say all the milk that the cows produced should be given to only the pigs because the pigs were thinker and made himself and he made he made himself uh, be given to like eminent positions along with napoleon where the others just agreed or did not agree to their ideals but obviously we see that like this within soviet russia you had you had it was it was not completely much of a free state you had when you had people like alexei raikov you had people like um uh, trotsky and stalin ruling together in the presidium uh-huh. when all of them were taken out and stalin assumed a cult of personality where he was the supreme figure and like he changed everything that's when things began to get much more tyrannical that's why you have a lot of apologist communists revisionists who believe that um, while trotsky would have handled things better his idea of permanent revolution would have made soviet union a democracy a socialist democracy but stalin came along and like messed all the things up by creating a dictatorship so i think orwell makes pretty pretty much fun of the idea saying that all of them were cohorts but in the end you know napoleon becomes much worse than snowball could ever do and conducts much more horrific acts like you know he conducted purges show trials where he kills other pigs just for opposing him and mm. so on so forth so mm. i think yeah, that's the satire right there it's pure yeah. satire ha ha yeah okay so uh, this is one let's talk about the uh, anthem uh, not exactly anthem but whatever the old major sings the beasts of england right and uh, this is eventually what brings all the animals together and it inspires them uh, first the first the speech that old major gives and then the Uh, like, what, what? First of all, what do you think? Uh, do you, Do you think this plays a major role in almost every revolution? And uh, after that, what happens is okay. Uh, first, answer this. Aman, uh, what? Yeah, the question was directed oh, at you. Okay, fine. Uh, so, what I believe is, you need to have symbols of revolution, revolutionary songs. at first incites the people to revolution so this song the beasts of england basically mirrors the song the internationale 
which was an early song of the early song of the uh, people uh, who like of the of the bolsheviks who protested against um, you know the tsarist empire but right. at, at some point this revolutionary song loses its meaning within even the book right uh, you see the the head pig napoleon he bans the singing of alpha east of england in the middle even though that was yeah. the very that inspired the people and even he sang it nearly 12 13 times at the start of the book so that's yeah, again yeah. history that comes here when you see that uh, the international was later banned and you had mm. uh, the soviet anthem that came into play so i think that's so, a classic revolutionary mm, mm, mm-hmm. particular point in time and how if the ruling class believes that they're not needed anymore it can just be wiped out of existence yeah so uh, when when the idols of the revolution started eroding away so does the symbols and the inspiration that even led to its happening in the first place so yeah i think that makes sense aman do you have anything to add no yeah, <laughs> <laughs> There's proper irony about Animal Farm, right? So hmm. you only see that uh, the author he's explicitly spoken about the dangers of propaganda within the book, right? Hmm. Like your Wheeler, hmm. who is who represents the propaganda machine of the pigs, who keeps changing facts, who hmm. keeps who has the audacity to change the Ten Commandments, who justifies all of Napoleon's actions, who hmm. um, justifies the banning, uh, the banning and the, the overthrow of Snowball. so you have you you they've discussed how bad propaganda can be well it turns out the united states of america used this very book as a propaganda tool so they dropped this they put balloons to this book and dropped it all over um, hungary czechoslovakia poland soviet satellite states to get the people uh, out to get the people to read this and understand what was being happened to them as western propaganda but mm-hmm. unfortunately the books were shot out to the air by uh, for soviet forces Right. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. And um, since you're on the topic, uh, do you think? Okay, this is going a bit off the topic of the book. Book, but uh, do you think uh, information should ever be restricted? Access to information should ever be restricted, uh, regardless of how many, uh, whose sentiment it harms or anything like that. Do you think it should ever be restricted? Hmm. what what kind of information uh, i'm talking about any kind like uh, going from one you can talk about um, edward snowden's uh, whole thing and how it is banned everywhere mm-hmm. and you can also talk about uh, the whole controversial uh, zakir naik's uh, uh, whatever him loading people into the isis and all that so i'm talking about everything in general do you think it should be allowed uh so info so wait let me clarify then information or speech there's a difference between the two right information is fact speech is what you say uh, about t- t- speech speech okay so uh, my stance on speech uh, is essentially who uh, who regulates the speech then because you can say certain forms of speech are harmful right uh, but if i am saying something and you consider me harmful uh, then to stop me you have to be in essence more powerful than me right so so if the masses they view the power you as the government or as whatever entity for example in a university system where i am saying something and you the university says no you are not supposed to say this uh, if so essentially you are more powerful than me in that case if you are able to stop me from saying that so if the masses they view that power 
who is to say what will be stopped from being said tomorrow mm. correct so that so that's why my stance on that is all offensive speech should be allowed okay apart from speech that specifically incites violence yeah, but but that way but that way almost anything can be interpreted as uh, inciting violence right like for example no so 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 my example is if i say if i say uh, being gay is bad okay, okay. Uh, now that should be allowed within my religious right and my right to propagate my religion okay uh, whereas saying you should go kill the people or something like that that should not be allowed okay Oh, and just to clarify, I do not believe in this, but I completely support the rights. But I'm just giving an answer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, so this, this, this. I'll, I'll take the, I'll take the classical American law on this. That's called the mm. fire in the theater thing. Mm. Right? Uh, come so again, come again. Yeah, why? The fire in the theater. Fire. It's okay. basically okay. the mm. same thing that Aman said, right? A call to action mm. that directly or indirectly leads to deaths should not be allowed. For example, the fire in the theater says you're in a theater, and someone falsely yells "fire, fire, fire." Mm. Everyone's mm. gonna stampede. People mm. are gonna die. Mm. Don't agree mm. with that. I don't agree with anything. So, do master a very uh, important question: How do you decide what speech is a is incites violence? I believe that a direct mm. call to action justifies. I mean, is basically kind of speech that incites violence. Anything other than that allowed. I think. All- Same viewpoint. Okay. So, uh, Desai, uh, the last ten seconds of what you just broke, uh, what you just said broke. So, can you repeat it? I'll cut this. Go on. Uh, I said all of us. I mean, have the same liberal sources. So, I don't think there's gonna be a lot of opposition. A lot of differenting, different viewpoints in what we're saying. Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, but mm-hmm. one thing. Do you so so then? Do you think um, the whole Zakir Naik's uh, speech or any religious propaganda speech that uh, mm-hmm. calls for people not not to in, indulge in active ter- terrorism as such, but calls for them to join mediums that could eventually lead them to uh, indulge in acts of terrorism? What do you think about that? Do you think that should be allowed? Uh, uh, I'm not clear on what Zatina had said. Can you? Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm giving you a hypothetical because I, even I'm not sure about the facts. Okay, so uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's. I mean, everything starts off that way, right? It starts off harmless. Uh, any any kind of terror movement as well, it won't start off by saying let's go get guns and shoot everybody up. Right, it will start off by saying we need to create a brotherhood, we need to create our world, we need to follow the path of the Lord and all of that. Uh, but again, where do you draw the line? Yeah, I'm, I'm, you... I have no idea. This, I do. You have a view on that? I support complete freedom of speech, propaganda, even even hate speech to an extent, mm. because you can't make a distinction what is propaganda and what's not. Right. I, I believe mm. the only illegal act in such a hypothetical, which is being given, would be joining the terrorist organization. I again, yeah. once you once you talk about this, you talk about like social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, the private mm. company. So I think they have to decide what is permitted and what permitted. That's why you have 
a lot of your right wing propaganda left wing prop extreme left propaganda yeah violent propaganda terrorist propaganda that's completely wiped out of mm. these for that's that's my view no but uh, when you you made the point about facebook yeah. twitter and all of that go given given how how large they are today uh shouldn't the shouldn't there be some regulation yeah. or rather not regulation i don't believe the private companies should have the right to decide what can be said and what can't be said over there hmm. uh because of their size today it's not a small community where you know everybody uh, you can make everybody feel good and you can talk only stuff that uh, are related to your values but or agree with your values it is a platform created I, I, by them and people, people talk on choose to so you can either choose to do it or not choose to do it but but it's also become now it's also grown into the de facto information <laughs> dissemination platform so so exactly. that should fall under the public purview just as much as newspapers or uh, anything else falls in the government's uh, arbitrary so in my hmm. view if the public truly wants it the public will voice their opinion and the thing the, the fun fact about like uh, so things like facebook and twitter is that they're driven by users users generally decide what they find hmm. acceptable or not just because you have a few one or two people like trump who are crying saying they're whatever they're saying is being censored i mean if people really want it people will express the view and if facebook or twitter wants to keep its user base then they will be forced to adapt based on i mean what based on what moral code do you claim that uh, you shouldn't have such, uh, you shouldn't have uh, censoring of what is put online it's in my opinion it's a, it's a matter of choice of the company but Okay. Like you've had several changes made based on what people wanted. Some people wanted a specific way of posting pictures, filters, something as insignificant. If they listen to such insignificant things, then I'm pretty sure if people actually wanted true freedom of speech, they would. Yeah. So the the, the question always boils down to where you draw the line. And if the the point you said about uh, platforms listening to users and and doing things accordingly do you, do you still think users have that power now that you literally have monopolies in almost every uh, information dissemination platform you know have- uh, so that is one point yeah. uh, and, uh, and another criticism i have of that view is isn't that itself bad the fact that you uh, the, the 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 point of any information source should be to prove to have the ability to prove you wrong right that's the that should be the point of an information source so if it if it adapts based on what the users say then it it's it just becomes a uh, uh, like it already yeah. has become it just becomes a, uh, eco chamber yeah, yeah. exactly it's an eco chamber where it's no longer an information source then you should realize that not all the users are of a particular political orientation or even believe in the same things right if you if you go right. to twitter right now and probably see the first hashtag it's trending it's some fight between some people hmm. it's i believe there's hmm. a diverse you yourself said it's so widespread there's a massively diverse amount of people there so sure i can believe hmm. i can believe sites like 4chan or uh, maybe reddit 8chan that can easily be polarized into echo chambers when you consider instagram and facebook uh. i find that a little harder to believe No, the thing is, Facebook updates silos of uh, people who only talk with themselves. For example, if you look at the comment section, not of the president, but uh, some extreme right wing leader, 
you the only people who follow him are those who believe in whatever he says right you don't right. get op- opposing viewpoints so you're you're held in that one thread where everybody talks the same way that you do and that only amplifies your thought which can be really detrimental for the society but uh, uh, so, who, who gets it just yeah go Uh, so Desai, regarding your opinion that uh, eco chambers don't necessarily exist on Twitter and all, I completely disagree. I'll give you two examples. Uh, when the uh, so I I have I have these lists that I have on Twitter where I follow uh, people from different uh, oriented uh, uh, political ideologies on different lists. So if you went to my right wing list, for example, when the uh the the uh, the delhi riots happened everyone was talking about how muslims were attacking hindus if you went to the left wing list everyone was talking about how hindus were attacking muslims okay to give you another example uh when the uh, the the protests broke out after george floyd's killing uh if you if you followed left wing accounts uh all you saw were videos of police brutality that were happening at the protests if you followed right wing accounts all you saw were videos of uh, rioters getting violent so i think there's a serious serious problem See, i never that. i never stated echo chambers don't exist you basically stated facebook mm-hmm. should ensure that these chambers don't exist by providing information the very fact that there are people like you who follow both left wing and right wing accounts proves my point mm-hmm. basically you have absolute freedom you can follow whoever you can follow the most right wing demagogues or you can follow left wing it does it, that's your freedom mm. but you choose to follow those who only sit and support your points of view as a matter of personal choice you can't really argue. yeah we can't really do right. anything about that mm. uh, but 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 this i what do you have to say of this uh, belief that uh, under the democrats mm-hmm. uh, basically the center of america has been excluded right there's the east coast west coast which are doing well uh, there are few states which are doing well but places like uh, you know atlanta you know uh, uh, the kentucky have like basically large, never largely the red states yeah the rural states have basically been ignored their needs have been ignored and that's why trump came to power uh, what do you have to say about that bro i think it's true to a very like large degree your your yeah. democrat voter base are like intelligentsia and like people who try to act smart and you have exactly college boys and like rural people voting for so you know what happened in like uk na you know why the why the labor lost it lost because corbyn went way too left and so the labor party took that into account and they've changed their like they've changed the whole manifesto and for next election they're gearing up different so that happened yeah. pretty sure that things will go better this time like it's not they're not they can't rely on their traditional water base anymore they're going to have right. to respond hmm. and i mean that's true to a very large extent because see like uh, the people who talk about racism and anti-racism and all of that these are usually college educated smart people so just imagine the situation here there's a high school educated poor white farmer okay maybe not poor lower middle class or whatever and this college harvard educated white fellow comes and tells him you're racist that's exactly what is happening with the vote movement right now yeah yeah that's fair enough that's that's a very large word words like neo nazi neo fascist are being thrown around like like it is exactly yeah but again those like the entire woke movement 
I've never like I follow a lot of like woke boys on Instagram. None of mm. them, none of them are for Biden. They're all like, oh, Biden's the least worst. You have to vote for the least worst. All of them are yeah. Bernie boys. Mm. And like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez simps, people like that. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So so if you could pick any Democratic candidate, which would it be? Hello, Amar. Hmm. Hi. Hi, Suraj. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. I just thought, okay. Why are you so against AOC? Bro, I'm very Who, much me? Uh, she's a lot of like free borders type person. I don't like uh, the free borders thing. Simply mm-hmm. because I want a good job in America and I have American citizenship. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> uh, like, bro, her, her economic policies are extreme. Like, she's not spoken too much about that shit. but it's extreme socialist like extreme socialist stuff like but she okay. makes me santa's pale in comparison from what i have heard she may knowledge i have limited knowledge she's what like even compared to bernie sanders much more seriously left i thought yeah like she's part of the extreme progressive group within the democrats her ilhan omar um who is the other woman Bro, there are four of them. They're called the four hot men. Yeah, four the, the, there's, the other one's a black woman. One of them. Ilhan Omar is a black woman. There's one more oh. Mexican person. I, 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 I hate the word progressive. <laughs> it, no, because it implies that the other side is regressive. Because progressive is a set of ideas for progress. It's not just about progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Hmm. I agree. Right. The same way I hate the word pro-life. It implies the other side is pro-death. Hmm. Bro, how does Joe Rogan have enough content for like three hours and all? Who? Joe Rogan. Wait one second. My headset is connecting. One second. Ah, now tell. Yeah, how does how does Joe Rogan have enough content for like uh, three hours and all? Bro, they discuss about all random stuff there, yeah, and then yeah, he he has sections and all where they play games and everything. What happened? Why did you kick us out? Bro, two hours it gets over. Okay, yeah. Desai, you still didn't you still didn't answer my question. Who's your favorite Democrat candidate? Um, yeah, yeah. Bro, I I really haven't done that much research. I can't say. I think I think it would be Buttigieg, Buttigieg or uh, this one, the other one. Who's the lady? Klobuchar. Seriously, bro. Klobuchar. Oh, Klobuchar. I haven't done my research. I haven't done my research. I don't know my American politics that well. Hmm. What about India? What about India? If if elections were were supposed to happen today, would you wait for yeah, BJP or or an opposition party? Uh, that this this one is complicated. This one is very 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 complicated, bro. No, like if you had to vote, you would have to make a choice. Yeah, if you had to vote, you have to make a decision. So, huh? So fair enough. Like before, it it was the BJP. I would have voted for the BJP only because their economic thing seemed very sound. But after hmm. the whole CA thing and like the the intensity and stuff it went to hmm. bro i still i still think bjp da wait uh, wait wait uh, why do you think ca is bad 
I had this whole discussion with one person the other day. So let's see. So it's not bad in essence itself. The law mm-hmm. is fine. Yeah. But the when you when you consider the fact that it's the whole thing is politically motivated. Exactly. When you have the whole, uh, when you have when you have the fact that you have that one com- com- community properly excluded for very specific reasons that have caused like a massive like. The thing is, secularism is still violated in a sense, bro. I I actually have no problem with CA as a whole. I have the problem mm. with the reaction to it, with the very small thing being politicized, and because of that, it's unfair in a sense. No, so my my problem with CA is the bill made sense to me, and there are a lot of problems that people have with it, which I have uh, rebuttals for, okay, which I feel made sense. Uh, but, but my problem. Yeah, you can't have all these uneducated random people just running inside when our economy already sucks, when unemployment is at a record high, when we can't feed those mouths. Mm. Oh, no, it's for people who are already in here. Even a a Pakistan Hindu can uh, come and live in India now. No, no, no. He can't. He can't come and live in India now. If he came prior to 2014, right, right, right. Of, Sorry. Huh. Instead of waiting 11 years, he gets his citizenship in five years. That is all it does. Even yeah. even if it was in the um, uh, POK. Huh. See, the 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 point the point that still remains is these people who have illegally come here cannot easily mm. get jobs and compete at least mid-level exactly. sector jobs. But with this, they're gonna start competing for those kind of jobs. Hmm. It gives them that legitimacy to come yeah. for jobs. Before it's hard. Yeah. Now it's easy. And bro, I don't like the second. Uh, I don't know if the economy has been screwed up by the BJP alone or general world trends, but it's it's bad. It's pre- it was pretty bad even before the pandemic. Yeah, and now it's yeah. it, that that's why I'm telling you, it's very hollow. The whole rally thing now it's very hollow. Hmm. People really, see even now. Now uh, Modi he spoke some two days ago in some conference. No, he was like hmm. the economy is well. Green shoots are visible. Stock market is right. good. Before that, uh, before this whole pandemic happened, only um, so many industries were failing. Auto industry, all full gone. Now after this, yeah, yeah. this now after this, it's it's gonna be insane. But this this shares are rising still. Dude, and she, Nirmala Sitaraman is a joker. Not automobile is failing. She blames millennials. What? Yeah, millennials. Woman, what are you smoking, bro? The onion thing. I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't eat onions. <laughs> Wait, what? What? What onion thing? I mean, it was taken out of context. The guy was huh. yelling at her about onion prices, huh. right? Uh, how they're high. So her huh. entire speakers, I do. I wouldn't know about that because I've been raised not eating onions. <laughs> and then she, said, she explained it a little, but that one thing was taken and spread all over social media, and it was hilarious. Bro, like her other thing also. When uh, people, when one of the reporters was like, uh, with regards to all the uh, that twenty lakh crore bullshit, uh, one of the reporters was like, "Don't you think a better way to do this would be to just give people the money so that it boosts uh, demand? Because once they have the money, they can consume more. Uh, don't you think that's a better way to revive the economy?" Uh, she's like instead of clarifying anything she's like there are multiple ways to achieve the goal we believe what we have done is the best yeah that's like, obviously uh, <laughs> like the, no, no, nobody does what they do by believing that it's a bad way to do it you obviously believe it's the best way why is the question yeah <laughs> uh, what do you think about stimulus I mean, about huh? stimulus funds in India, there's no point in stimulus funds right now because 
we are not facing a, a reduction of demand there's a supply problem right now at the moment coronavirus i think it shouldn't even even in the us it was wrong right now why because there the i i feel based on the data that i saw that the mm. even the demand problem was over inflated like now, now if you see uh, the demand came back to the uh, exceeded the pre pandemic uh, level right now okay and people have more money now yeah people have a lot of money and in spite of that they're planning for a second surplus and you know why because so what what a surplus does is it always pushes the whatever crisis is supposed to happen it pushes it further but in doing that it will deepen it and make it longer because the currency gets bro in my opinion the in my opinion the stimulus package wasn't enough to revive the entire economy like one out of 10 people were unemployed in the us and had like no way to like find employment mm-hmm. that's the reason this whole thing like i admit it's been mismanaged okay everyone got it you should have given it to like people who deserved it mm-hmm. because the, after tiger king was there people started like buying tigers and stuff mm-hmm. i'm not even kidding <laughs> I, but um the thing is see for in the future Huh? in the future UBI, what, what, what? in the future ubi mm-hmm. makes sense to me okay why absolutely see okay in the future when mm-hmm. when peop, when robots inevitably inevitably take over i have said this so many times now okay uh-huh. when they do take over uh, this is real mm-hmm. it is happening even now okay and okay. there are jobs there for people to do for the common lay person to do in such a case you need so, some welfare support system okay uh, so there's this interesting point on that you know mm-hmm. novel ravitant right yeah he makes this interesting argument he's like mm-hmm. if if today you implement a 1000 dollars per month ubi mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. tomorrow so, the next leader will come and say the next politician will come and say i'll raise it to 1500 who won't vote for that guy and eventually you're just leading to financial ruin then yeah yeah hmm. yeah 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 bro my my opinion in my opinion by the time the robots take over mm. you won't have the capitalist system anymore are you like you won't have it dude only a capitalist system can create a robot take over robot, yeah because yeah. if you if you don't have a capitalist system who's going to invest in robots then the entire point of robotics is to replace workers so that you can make more profits for lesser thoughts it's hyper till till the till the entire 2010s you had a larger welfare status model coming up all over the world 2010s stuff got screwed up hmm. but i think things will change to form a more democratic socialist thing in my opinion like by this robot thing is going to take a while okay it's going to be like late say 80s 90s 100 oh thing. no 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust me. There are, there are, okay. there are, there are disagreements on that. People say the singularity will happen in twenty thirty. Few people say it won't happen in this century. I okay, fair enough. I mean, uh, there's no way to determine I, that. There's you can't. Uh, the 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 CEO of IBM once predicted there'll be a demand for eight personal computers in the world. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Hello. Yeah. Hello, hello. So it's fine. I, I, like if we don't say hello for two minutes, chill there. Bro, I was, I was talking and all. You guys didn't hear anything. Nope. Wait, what part? I don't know. Okay, but essentially, what I was saying was, we don't even have to wait for the singularity. It's 
I'm not talking about them being even smarter than us. They can replace most humans in what they do right now, mm-hmm. except it isn't implemented because of scale. It'll soon be when the when people have enough money. But no, so I have a question for you. Hmm. Something like something like okay, so we have this arrogance that if you have an information-related job, if you have a knowledge-based job. that won't be replaced as easily if you have a skill based job but actually those will be replaced first okay because yeah, yeah. a lot so, of like I, are... i want to become a lawyer hell yes and like i was checking the stats apparently lawyers are going to be one of the yeah, first exactly. people who are replaced. yeah <laughs> radiologists are going to be replaced very first so my my point regarding that is something like plumbing okay like uh, now plumbing uh, uh it 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 involves a physical world right so physical world there are multiple problems one is robots are still very bad at doing precise movements in the physical world two improvement in this improvements in the space are very slow because unlike software where you can test overnight here you first create an idea build a product test spend billions of dollars on that and then improve it in the next uh, uh, prototype right mm. so progress mm. is very slow mm. uh, and finally for a long long time especially in countries like india it will be far cheaper to call a plumber than even a robot that can do the plumbing for you obviously so plumbers are not going to replace 100% plumbers carpenters uh, will be hmm. very hard to replace i mean maybe carpenters yeah. but plumb people who fix things in the real world yeah it'll take a long they'll probably be one of the last 20% okay yeah that that i agree but that's not what the majority of the population is doing right Mm, no a lot of people are doing uh, i mean in india as well how many people are engaged in the service economy bro mass uh, service economy oh yeah. it employs very little people Ma- majority are service 50% uh, is in agriculture but india hmm? oh okay, yeah fine maybe maybe other places that applies but like a lot of jobs are still very manual and robots aren't good at dealing with the world bro fa- do you do you agree that uh, farming can be done completely by robotics farming can be done completely by robotics yeah oh uh, yeah. yes it can but i 100% the 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 the, the cost differential when is it going to be enough to have that replacement that's the uh, i think when 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 any country yeah. is doing well enough okay what the hell <sighs> Who is that? <laughs> Hello, bro. What was that? Hmm. See, I'm continuously getting chipped out. Da. Hello. Yeah, I'm continuously getting chipped out. What? Conclusion. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's, let's wait, wait, wait. Uh, last thing. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, let's just finish off. Just do the conclusion thing. Yeah, fine. Bro, uh, Suraj, you want to end with the whole uh, like you can cut things out and put them wherever you want. No, the whole all yeah. animals are equal, but some are more equal than the others. You just want to put that last. Huh? Okay, fine. I'll, I'll just say that. Give me your take on it, and then we'll. I'll be like, thank you. After you can say what you have to. You decide what you want to say. Yeah, then, they say don't don't say something damn smart, and then I have nothing left to say. Wait, I thought we already did that part. Uh, yeah, but did we do it like properly? Did both of you talk in that, and it should end properly, no? No, fine. We'll just do that. We'll just do that again. Then do that uh, again. So, yeah, because uh, we jump to some other topic after that. 
one second i'll just check how the what is the last part of the book like i have the book pdf maybe okay. dexter i didn't remember jack i said the, i don't know the last Kane's... part is where they all sit and smooth and play cards the first thing man to pick uh, pick up it was all yes great. suraj started with the end yeah <laughs> one second yeah wa one sec orwell animal but bro for the first question oh yeah we can't put the first question give me a sec give me a sec bro like it's 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 kind of like the uh, that reminds me of this entire oreo term that people keep throwing around uh you know you know what oreo is the the no i mean not I the biscuit the i don't know this i do you know what oreo is i can only think of the meme where there are two black people and one white woman in the meme <laughs> yeah and and uh, this is of the record amar okay yeah we used to do that which is very racist i'm very sorry yeah because i'm a record <laughs> yeah uh, so the the idea is that a black person uh, who starts out maybe poor or whatever and then comes up in life uh, because he's brought there by sucking up to his uh, white masters not white master but like the white capitalists white owners and all of that eventually he stops representing black people and becomes at heart yeah. a white person oh jesus so, so 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 when they say something about how you know if if a so if a black person of that type says something like no you just have to work hard there is no racism or something like that people use the term oreo against uh, that kind of a person so i wonder i wonder if that if uh, your that human pithindi it's so some part of it is obviously there is this tendency to become like the person who's better than you even if he's actually oppressing you uh, and to some extent it's it's also just that people just want to hate on you once you're successful hmm but where no so 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 that oreo thing is kind of related to uh pit than human where the white person becomes uh where the black person is basically becomes like the pre-existent white person yeah okay but no i don't want to say that the context is different here no yeah uh, <sighs> okay fast yeah last question just give a generic conclusion like um animal fa- like give like dumb animal farm like stats like uh, be like uh, so i think that brings us to the end of it it must be noted that animal farm never gained its popularity originally and no one wanted to publish it but at the end blah 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 published during the cold war and it remains a memorable book that will stay in our heart forever yeah yeah just just say some bullshit like that and be like thank you so much for coming i'll be like thank you for having us bye and then i will sing the soviet anthem yeah yeah and then please 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 do that yeah, please say yeah. Yeah. Desai, can you please end with the Soviet thing for us? Okay. Uh, where do I find stats? Hey, he he just told you some fact. No, just copy. He, no, no, he, he didn't say. Uh, Desai, tell him the fact then. Bro, Suraj, can I can I just send this to you on WhatsApp after the call, and then you just like record it separately? Bro, that'll be insane. The I'll have to put your voice in between. I'm not doing all that. Let's just do it now. Wait.
this i you write something message it to him he'll read it out when well, now no that's the thing he'll have to do extra work then if it's separate recording no now only write it now and send it text free instead bro but uh, chat i'll ask if you have anything to add that time you guys said and then i'll be like thank you for coming that's all okay okay fine you ask be like they yes, said you have it. anything else to add they said i will say that and then you say bye okay fine are you doing anything can i can i start this sir i'll open the wikipedia page and see sometime yeah you add it when you're saying something animal for wikipedia animal battery oh okay so uh, i think that brings brings us to our uh, conclusion Uh, animal farm essentially wasn't that popular when it came out but uh, it uh, remains a uh, uh, very good account of uh, history even later on now and it's told a very uh, as as we discussed earlier it's laid in very simple terms which even the layman can understand so uh, yeah i think this was a great discussion and we we learned a lot and we got some really great insights uh, do you guys have anything to add amar Oh uh, yeah I'll just say I think this is a book nobody should ever forget and it'll always be uh it'll always stay valid right so tomorrow if if anyone says we need to rebel if anyone uh keeps talking about the problems with the current system think about annual farm and think about do they have the checks and balances in place to make sure that the current oppressor doesn't become the next oppressor I think that's the most important takeaway that we can never forget yeah I agree uh they said fine so i think the animal farm it has suffered its fair share of controversies it suffered its fair share of successes originally the um, the publishers who were going to publish it said that you had to remove pigs out of the book because they didn't want to come the russians would be offended if you compared the soviet union to the pigs i think uh, no one published the book at all originally but only during the cold war it finally came to light i think even now in the us it is one of the most popular books that children read but you've had several lawsuits challenging it saying that it promotes problematic or dangerous ideas within children whatever whatever insights like you take out of the book i think what remains is this will remain an enduring piece of human history that very simply and quietly chronicles the horrors that we once faced and hopefully will not have to face once again so yep definitely yeah great okay then thanks for coming guys this was great thanks for having the suraj this was great yeah suraj Thank you. Bye. Now for some bloopers. Uh, let, 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 let's talk about Shilpa Shetty reviews. What? Huh? Dude, that uh, Shilpa Shetty was the one who was uh, like, children should be made to read Animal Farm. It will make them uh, 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 love animals. So they were brilliant uh, jokes. Okay. Like, it was like, I'll give you, uh, I, I'll give you an example. Uh, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince is about a royal with leukemia. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> and then the 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 Hobbit is good. Children should read it to build good habits. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and then there was uh, uh, the the Fifty uh, Shades of Grey is a book about painting. Oh, I've seen that, I've seen that, I've seen that. <laughs> Dude, uh, this I think you were there. This tenth which, grade which, which, quiz we had, which, no? It's uh, entire round, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Desai, Prithvi, and I thought every question in round so proud. Uh-huh. The next round, the G thrashed us. Next round, G better than us. You thrashed us. Correct. Yeah, I remember this. So, <laughs> what is this round about? 
bro so it was shilpa shetty reviews basically all the uh, these but jokes that people made on tweet but they blur the name of the book so you need to decide uh, and we have to tell which oh, it's about yeah, twist yeah. oliver twist yeah uh, the fault in our stars is a book about astrology yeah. wow wow ಯುನಾಟೆಡ್ ಫಾರ್ ಫ್ರೆಂಡ್ಶಿಪ್ ಸ್ಪೈಡ ಲಂಡ ವಿ ಲವ್ ಸೋ ಯು ಲವ್ 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 ಲವ್